Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and here we go. We are going to finish up Revelation 16 today. The title is Armageddon, Armageddon, World War III, Bowls 6 and 7, the 6th and 7th Bowls, the war to end all wars, and it really will end all wars, Revelation 16, 12 to 21. And there's lots of focus on Armageddon and the end of the world right now, it's been going on for quite a while, actually, the, the end of the world, uh, the movies and, and books and world leaders are concerned about World War Three. And many think the end of the world is near and they're trying to figure out what to do and they're just coming up with different solutions. I remember Stephen Hawking, uh, this was from 2006, 2006, Stephen Hawking, who was not a Christian and was anti-biblical in many, many ways, he suggested space colonies. He said the end of the survival of the human race depends on the ability to find new homes somewhere in the universe because there's an increasing risk that this disaster will destroy the Earth, world-renowned astrophysicist Stephen Hawking said. Humans could have a permanent base on the moon in 20 years and a colony on Mars in the next 40 years. Uh, the British scientist said, he added that if humans could avoid killing themselves in the next hundred years, they should have space settlements that can continue without support from Earth. It's important for the human race to spread out into space for the survival of the species, Hawking said. Life on Earth is at an ever-increasing risk of being wiped out by a disaster such as global warming. They call it climate change now, Stephen. Uh, years later now. Uh, nuclear war. Uh, genetically engineered virus. Woo, a little bit of prophetic there, Stephen. Uh, this is 2006. Or other dangers that we have not yet thought of. Now, Stephen Hawking has since passed away. Most of you know that. So he knows better. He's dead. Uh, he knows the truth now. But uh, that's what, that, there's a solution for all of the delusions, and that is death. When we face God, we see the truth. We see the truth. I, and then another solution was, the, it's called the dodo solution. Um, this is the group that sees humans as the problem and how to, to so solve this. Population crusader Les Knight says, may have a hard time attracting adherence to his cause. Uh, this was from this was from a while ago, 1991. All right, uh, but you still hear echoes of this one, and that's why I thought it was a good one to bring up. He said, "Total, the only solution for saving the planet is total human extinction." Dodo solution, total human extinction. He said the only way to save all the millions of species of plants and animals is a voluntary extinction of one species, us humans. And uh, he said, when every human makes the moral choice to live long and die out, Earth will be allowed to return to its former glory. He, he contributed to this 18 years ago from the time of this article. He had a vasectomy and said he thinks everybody should do the same thing. Uh, we, we, the, the baby condor may not be as cute as human babies, but we must choose to forgo one if the other... Others are to survive. And that's his solution is for uh, the dodo solution. All humans should voluntarily extinct themselves. All right. Uh, and it's interesting, these, these people, the climate change people, the population control people, it's all wound together, woven together. That whole crowd, that population control crowd, I've noticed that they're the first to get in lines for the vaccine. The COVID vaccine. 
<laughs> these really liberal, you know, humans are evil, climate change, all these, they're the first ones to, you know, the Hollywood celebrities were all jumping the line to get the vaccine first. They're the first to get their vaccines. Mm, why, why would you just, you know, not get the vaccine? Maybe the vaccine's taking care of the problem. Why are you fighting it? But they're the first to fight it so hard to, you know, fight COVID and try to survive. Put your money where your mouth is. It's called hypocrisy. It's called they don't really believe what they're saying. It's like climate change people. John Kerry flying his jets around. All these celebrities flying their jet, private jets around. They don't really believe it. They just want us to ride bicycles, but they're going to still fly their jets. It's called hypocrisy, all right? It's called inconsistency, all right? But, but the Bible is the truth. The Bible has the true ending of hu the human beings. Listen, it's not going to be ended because we, we you know, the ozone hole and climate change. It's not going to be done because of a nuclear bomb. God is saving the pleasure himself for ending this planet, for for getting rid of the human being population that needs to be removed. He's saving that pleasure for himself, as we're going to see here in Revelation, especially verse uh, chapter 16. We're going to see it really coming together. The Bible has the true ending, the fireworks finale. It's going to be a doozy, bowls number six and seven. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that we have the truth. We have your word. We know what's really going to happen, and we know how you're calling us to live. We know what you really expect of us, Father. We're not guessing. We're not planning trips to Mars. We're, we know exactly what's going to happen. We know what your, your son Jesus is coming again. Lord, I pray that everybody who's listening to this will, will be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. They will put their faith in him and will be living by faith. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so... Bowl number six. Here we go. Bowl number six, Revelation 16, verse 12. And here we go. It's going to be a wild one. Put on your seatbelts. I'm warning you now. <clears throat> verse 12. Revelation 16, verse 12. All right, here we go. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Then I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are spirits of demons performing miraculous signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of, the, of God Almighty. Behold, I come like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him, so that he may not go naked and be shamefully exposed. Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. 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 Whew, the Euphrates River dries up. First it had turned to blood. We saw that last time, and now it dries up. The north, this is the northeast border, the northeast border of the land that God had promised to Abraham. The, there's a... The map of what he had promised, I'm going to have two maps up here. On the one side, I hope we get this right. On the one side, or one or the other, they're going to see what God promised to the Israelites, to Abraham. And then we're going to see what it is today. And you can see the difference, a drastic difference. What they have today is just a Swiss, small piece of Swiss cheese compared to what God has promised them and given them. Listen, it doesn't matter what the UN says. It doesn't matter what the U.S. says. It doesn't matter what Israel says. God has promised that entire, look at the huge 
part of Palestine that God has promised them that truly belongs to Israel, that belongs to Israel, and they will own it someday. When Jesus comes again, it's going to be all theirs. It doesn't matter what we do politically now. It's theirs. They never realized their full potential. Just like we saw in the book of Joshua when they were promised all this land, but they weren't realizing their potential. That's a picture of us as Christians. We are promised so many spiritual blessings, but we rarely realize the potential because we're disobedient or we lack the faith. We allow sin to remain. We talked all about that in Joshua, but they never realized their full potential. Solomon came the closest. King Solomon, before the nation was divided, he came the closest. 1 Kings 4.21 And Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the river here we go, the Euphrates, we know that, to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. These countries brought tribute to Solomon and were subjects all his life. He ruled over them, but Israel never occupied fully all that area. He just demanded tribute from the, the, the Palestinians the, 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 um, that were allowed, the Canaanites, they called them Cal Canaanites at that time, the Canaanites at the time that were that they allowed to remain, which they shouldn't have allowed them to remain. Uh, he ruled over them, but they never fully occupied them. But it, and, and, they, and Israel never fully possessed their promised land that God has given them, but it will happen. When Jesus comes again, they will possess it. Now, Back to, the, back to this verse 12 here. In verse 12 where it says, I'm going to read it again. 16:12, The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates and its water was dried up to the, prepare the way for the kings from the east. We see this. Iraq has already dammed up parts of the Euphrates River. Some areas are dry in the summer. But this dam and this drying up of the Euphrates is going to be supernatural. God is going to be doing this. And it, he does it so that the kings of the east, the orient, east, the orient, they can, they can come over that, that dried up river. And then he's talking about obviously Asia and specifically China here. The rise of China is another, his prophetic sign that the time is near. This couldn't have been the case a hundred years ago. But now we know what, that China has, has risen into worldwide dominance. It's in progress. It's really accomplished. It's the eight, they're already calling this the Asian century, the Asian century because of China. Beijing is the new New York City already, and they're flexing their military muscle. You see what's going on over, uh, you know, around the Philippines and that whole area. It's crazy what's going on. They're flexing their military muscle. There, there's, uh, COVID, the COVID came out of China. Uh, I know some people are trying to say that's not true, but it's true. It came out of China. Who knows if it was on purpose or not? We're not sure of that, but very likely came out of a lab. I'm guessing it was an accident. Came out of a lab in China. Uh, and it's not just their fault. There's American scientists who are supposed to be uh, helping with this whole situation from the start. We won't go there. But they're flexing their military muscle. They already have an army of 200 million. They have as many soldiers as we have people almost. It's crazy. Crazy. And because of, and this is what's crazy too, because of forced abortions, there are around, uh, last I heard about 40 million bachelors in China. Bachelors, men who have no family, nothing else to live for. They, they are just being sucked into this army because they have, there's no women because of all the abortions. And they predominantly aborted women. 
That's right, all the feminists fighting for abortions paved the way to abort millions and millions of girls in China. Good job, ladies. All right, and so there's all these these bachelors that, that have nothing to live for. They're going to be ready to fight, you know, right? And God dries up this Euphrates River, so not just China, but all these armies can move quickly into Israel. Maybe, maybe they are blaming Israel for the disasters that have come on the earth. Somehow, the Antichrist is blaming them. Maybe he's blaming them because they have many Jews are going to stand up against worshiping him when he sets up his his image in the temple to be worshipped. Many Jews are going to rebel against that, and maybe he's blaming all the disasters because they aren't worshiping him. Who knows? Uh, mad at him over that, and maybe they're mad because they see. Israel is causing the problems of world peace, keeping us from becoming a one, we are the world. You know, one world, one world government, one world peaceful system, one world religion, the Jews are messing that up again. Uh, who knows, whatever the reason, they're, they're going to try to wipe them out. This has been the goal for years and years and years. Remember Arafat, who the Palestinian leader Arafat, who strongly condemned terrorism, but then but then he would make speeches about wiping out Israel. In fact, he he once revealed his true colors to an Italian journalist, uh, Oriana Falici. He said, "We don't want peace. We want war, victory. Peace for us means the destruction of Israel and nothing else." That was always his goal. No matter what he said, and all the dupes in the Western, all the Western media dupes, dummies, you know, falling for this. You know, but but he, he, he was just smarter than all of all of our media. Yeah, I believe the lies, right? Just smarter than them. Not hard to be. All right. So anyway, I'm. I, you can tell I'm frustrated with some groups, right? Uh, but there, God, even though they want to destroy Israel, God was drawing them into a trap. Just like he drew Pharaoh's army into the Red Sea to kill them, he's, he, drew, he dried a path through the Red Sea so that Pharaoh's army would go in there and then be wiped out. He's dried up the Euphrates to draw them into a trap. Draw them into a trap. Let's see how God gets China and all the armies of the world right where he wants them. Look what he does. Verses 13 and 14 where it says, Then I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs. Ribbit. That's not in there. I added that. That's, that was in the Greek. Rivet was in the Greek. All right? uh, looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are spirits of demons performing miraculous signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. You can see it. You can just see what happens. The president is having breakfast at the White House, and a frog hops by the Secret Service and hops up onto the the desk and says, better hustle over to Israel, uh, you know, get it, better get over there for the battle. Well, not quite, but that's true. Frogs are going to draw them. There, we see the unholy trinity again. The dragon, the dragon, which was Satan, the beast, which was the Antichrist, and the false prophet, which was the second beast, the, the, the false religious leader over the one world church. We see the un, represents the Holy Spirit. It's a, a, a Opposite of the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we see the, the, this very thing, the, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet, the unholy trinity here going against the true trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And out of the mouth of these three, the unholy trinity, out of the mouth of these three come three evil spirits. 
It's the same word used for spirit or breath or breath. That's what came out of them. So they had bad breath, <laughs> demonic breath, right? The demons are in frog form here. Frogs are actually unclean animals in Leviticus 11, unclean animals. They are, these are, uh, these demons are in frog form. That These are fallen angels, and you can see what they look like. They're like frog-like creatures. Thank Gollum. Thank Gollum on, uh, on, Lord, on Lord of the Rings. That's what it would, you would think of them as, like Gollum, you know, and how hideous Gollum was. And that's what they're like, these Gollum-like creatures. That's what, that's what angels look, the fallen angels look like now. They've lost their beauty. They've lost their glory. Satan is no longer the beautiful angel that he once was. They're hideous now. Hideous. If you could really see them, you would be repulsed by them, not drawn to what they're trying to tempt you into and pull you into and deceive you with. And they lure the kings of the earth. They lure China, the kings of the east. They lure Russia and their, their Muslim coalition. They lure the European Union over. The revived Roman Empire comes in. And are we part of that? The United States, are we part of that? I don't know, but very likely that we're going to be part of this. We'll be lured in, if, especially if we've become completely apostate and, and de deceived and deluded at this time, which is very, very likely. They go to Israel for a big battle. They're either going to go divvy up Israel or, or wipe them out one or the other. They're going to wipe them out or divvy them up. We're not sure exactly, but whatever the reason, the end result was, will be that they will be there when Jesus comes to rescue Israel from their clutches, and, they, when, and when he comes to rescue them, and these armies are going to turn against Jesus and actually try to fight against Jesus and the army coming out of heaven with him. Not a good idea. Not, not, not a good idea. Uh, when he, uh, we're going to see that later on. Satan knows that his end is close. He knows. He's read the Bible. He knows it. He, that's why he's deceiving. That's why he wants to fight to the bitter end. He wants to take everybody to hell with him. You know, that's the pride that he has. And, you know, but, but it's not hard to see Satan already preparing the world for this, preparing the world leaders for this, religious, so-called religious leaders for this. It's not hard to see him getting to do that right now, his work in history. We, you know, we saw it during the Crusades when, when the so-called Christian army, it wasn't Christian, so-called Christian army was fighting against the, the Muslim army, and they were both manipulative, they were fighting over Jerusalem, they were manipulative and butchering each other and killing civilians, both sides did it, horrible, 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 we saw World War II not too long ago, Hitler, World War II, the entire world, with World War II, 70 million people died, there was a Jewish Holocaust, six million Jewish people were, were murdered. That uh, we, we see Satan working all throughout history. You keep your eyes open, you can see it, you can connect the dot. You know if you know history, you can see not only you can see Satan working, but you can also see God's providence, God's sovereignty working. Keep your eyes open. You can see Satan at work in the world today. Anti-Semitism is rampant in the world today, in the United States today. The very people that, that own the Jewish vote in America don't even like Jews. They have their leaders in, in Congress rip Jewish people. It's horrible. Rip the land of Israel. Horrible. But they're blinded. 
that they're blinded. Uh, right now they're blind. Their eyes are going to open very quickly here when they get to Revelation 16. We see the hate crimes and you know movement in, in the United States to, to batter Christians with, to hit the true Christians with. We see worldwide, worldwide real persecution, horrible persecution worldwide. Satan is at work, but God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Verse 16, look what he does finally. Then they gathered the kings together. God is behind us. He allowed to use golems, but God's behind it. Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. 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 I have a picture. I was actually there. The plains of Megiddo. I hope you can see this. Hold up the picture. Can you see the picture? That's the Armageddon. There's better pictures online. You can look. But the reason I did that is because we're looking at the tour guide is saying this is the plain of Megiddo where the last battle is going to be. And there's this plume of smoke. He had to be huge because it was often it is this big plume of smoke, and it was almost like prophetic. You know, it was almost like so eerie. Like wow. We're seeing the start of the battle, you know. You could just see how it would begin with that, you know, first, you know, and it's just wild. I don't know if you can see that plume of smoke coming, but it's just, just what's really hit me, uh, just to, to take that picture and to save that picture. I've always kept that. Uh, Armageddon means mountain of Megiddo. Mountain of Megiddo, it means place of troops or slaughter, place of troops or slaughter. It's in the center of Israel. It borders on the plain of Megiddo, which is also known as the Valley of Jezreel. All right. Uh, it's 14 miles wide, 20 miles long. Think about that. 14 by 20 miles. It's an amazing number of battles have been fought in this massive plain throughout history. We see in the Bible many times, and we also see out in history many times, many battles, including Napoleon. Napoleon, when he saw the plain of Megiddo, when he saw Armageddon, he said, this is the ideal battleground for all the armies of the world. Wasn't such a good place for his army. They actually lost a battle there uh, because the British destroyed the French Navy. That's the only reason why the, the French army was unstoppable. But but the British Navy was better than the French Navy, and that's what saved the world from Napoleon taking it all over. Napoleon was a, a maniac. He was a Hitler of his time, but uh, but a genius and uh, quite a fighter. But but he lost there because he couldn't he couldn't his navy was wiped out by the the British, and uh, so. It was, but he saw at this prophetically. He was a real student. He wanted to be in Israel, and he was going. He wanted to be in there in Palestine and Egypt. He took Egypt and all that. He was a real student. He read his Bible. He he really read it, and and he he his army didn't win, but he prophetically saw. He could see what this plane was militarily. The guy was a military genius, right? And but. It, it will become that someday. It, it will be the belly button for a vast army that will cover the nation of Israel, converging on Jerusalem to take Jerusalem to deal with the Jewish problem, to fulfill Arafat's dream of destruction of Israel. And we're going to see what happens in Revelation 19, 11 to 16, right when they all get together, ready to finally, they've already wiped out most of the Jews. There's just a remnant left. Jesus will come again. Revelation 19, he's going to come again, just in the nick of time. The armies are going to, going to turn on him, because the Antichrist is the one driving these armies, and they're going to turn on Jesus. Not a good idea, as we can, we'll see, but he's going to save the Jew, the Jew remnant who will turn him as the one true messiah we're going to see all that as we get to revelation 19 in the midst of this battle though in the midst of this battle got the seventh seal will be poured out the seventh seal we see that in verse 17 
The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, It is done. It is done. Reminds us of another saying, doesn't it? We'll get to that a little later. Then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on earth. So tremendous was the quake. The great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the Great and gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. Every island fled away, and and mountains could not be found. What an earthquake. The islands are going to sink. The mountains are going to flatten. From the sky, huge hailstones of about a hundred pounds each fell upon men. And they cursed God on account of the plague of hell because the plague was so terrible. The armies are going to turn on Jesus and he's going to pour out this seventh seal, the earthquake, the hail. It's going to be unbelievable. And he says, the voice says, it is done. It is done. And there's this great earthquake. I've studied earthquakes in the past disaster books. And there's some, been some terrible earthquakes, but nothing compared to this earthquake. It levels mountains, covers the islands, just as the flood changed the face of the earth. That's where we got many of the islands and the mountains right from the flood. Just as it changed the face of the earth, this will change the face of the earth again. Only this time it will be preparing for the millennium. The millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ on earth. We'll get to that later in Revelation. Listen, climate change, global warming won't destroy the earth. It won't be a nuclear bomb. I mentioned it already. God is saving that pleasure for himself. He's going to flatten the mountains and sink the islands. Uh, Don't listen to all this stuff about global warming, although they've changed it to climate change because that wasn't fitting the, the model. So they've, they've actually intercepted the emails between scientists saying, let's not call it global warming because people are figuring out it's not really getting warmer everywhere. It's getting colder some places. So, so they changed it to climate change. So they said, so whatever happens, we can blame it on that. You know, uh, it's so deceptive. There's a whole group of scientists, hundreds of scientists have banded together to, to, to deny, uh, you know, to say that cl- the whole climate change cult is just that, a cult. You know, you can, you know, as the icebergs melt underneath, they're finding rainforests underneath the icebergs. What does that say? There were no, did the dinosaurs drive cars? You know, uh, did they have coal plants? You know, use fossil fuels? No, that fuels, no, they are the fossil fuel. So, uh, listen, it's, it's a scam. It's a scam. Yes, we should not pollute because we're stewards of this earth. As Christians, we're stewards of the earth. We should do our best not to pollute, but not because we're duped by this, this cult, right? And, and what they're really trying to do is hit the Great Reset button and, and, and wipe out capitalism. And it, it's, a, it's a big game they're playing. And they're going to be successful. The Revelation says they're going to be successful. But just don't fall for every lie that, that science tells, you know? These are the same people who say we came from monkeys. Ooh, ooh, I believe they did, all right? Uh, it, it's crazy. Christians being caught up in this. Christian colleges teaching evolution. They're not Christian colleges anymore. I went to one of them. It's horrible. Uh, I couldn't believe it being there and they're teaching evolution. And then I knew they weren't Christian college. It was 
false. They're frauds. I, uh, listen, don't be duped by these people. God is going to be the one to deal with this planet. And it says also this earthquake happens and flattens everything. Also the great city splits in three. Some people think it could be Babylon, which is going to be rebuilt. We'll see that later on. But very likely this is Jerusalem that's split in three. We're, uh, we're going to see that. Uh, also 100-pound hailstones come flying down and what do they do they still curse god you know they're so depraved it reminds me when we world war ii when we we fought the nazis or or the 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 japanese kamikazes you know there was only one thing you could do with them you you had to kill them when they were going onto the islands, taking the islands back to the Japanese soldiers, they were so brainwashed, they wouldn't even surrender. There was no surrender. We wanted them to surrender. We didn't want to kill them. We wanted to bring them back home and, and help them you know, rebuild Japan. No, they were so brainwashed, they would just they would do these uh, bonsai charges and just be wiped out. They would commit Harry Carey. They would just kill themselves. They were so brainwashed. There was only one thing our soldiers finally figured out they could do. They had to kill them because if they didn't, even when we went to try to capture them, they would pull grenade and killed the soldier helping them and themselves. Wounded Japanese soldiers pull the the grenade and blow themselves up with the soldier because they were so brainwashed. All you need to do is kill them. Same with the Nazis. They were so depraved. These SS guys were so depraved. They finally realized they had to kill them. There was no changing them. They were wicked. And they, and they would fight to the death with these guys. And that, that is what we're seeing here. The, the, the Nazis on earth. We already got the Nazi youth being trained in the schools. They're going to be the Nazis on earth. And there's only one solution. God knows they've crossed the line. They, can, they have the mark of the beast. They must be killed and cast into hell. And so that's what's going to happen. But in the midst of all this, uh, we're going to get to the good stuff. Couple more chapters. In the midst of all this, verse 15, behold, Jesus talking, behold, I come like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him so that he may not go naked and be shamefully exposed. He says, I'm coming like a thief. You better be ready. Blessed is the one who is ready. Jesus, that's his message for us today. That's his message for Christians who are, who are in the midst of the tribulation, the tribulation saints. And that's a message for all of us because we all have to be ready, right? If we're ready, we'll be blessed. Blessed means happy, not just fake happiness, but deep joy. We will really be happy whether we've been raptured, whether the, the second, this is as the second coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are we ready? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? If you haven't, you have a choice. You can respond to, it is finished. Remember what Jesus said on the cross? It is finished. He died for our sins. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can respond to God's love by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, by taking advantage of what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. Our sin is forgiven. It is finished. We can have a brand new life. It is finished. Sin is finished. The world is finished. Satan is finished. We can now have a relationship with God the Father through Je- by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. And if we don't respond to it is finished then we're going to have to respond to revelation 16 it is done and that's judgment there's there's no no more chance it is done everybody on that earth with a mark of the beast on their forehead following the antichrist is going straight to hell straight to hell elevator straight down to hell and and that we so you you have a choice right now you have a choice 
It is finished. Do I respond to God's love and put my faith in Jesus Christ? What he did on the cross finished for me? Or do I wait for it is done? When I hear Jesus say it is done and it's judgment. Everybody has to make that, that decision. I hope you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And as Christians, we have to be ready. He says, I come like a thief. We better be ready. The world's not going to be ready, but we're called to be ready. I remember one time driving home here. I pulled up to the, the, into the driveway, and I saw the, the, the garage door go shutting down real quick. I'm like, who's home? Nobody's home. Went in, and the back door was open. Somebody was in our house, had just come into our house, and was going to steal, ransack, do whatever. But because I came at, was ready, I came just the right time they ran, I could see where they actually ran through the back weeds throughout the open space. I could see that. The next day we found out that they found another house in the neighborhood and they robbed that house. That owner wasn't home and wasn't ready. They robbed several other houses over the next few weeks and they finally caught him. Finally caught him, thankfully. But the point is, <clears throat> I was ready. I caught him. Somebody, what, somebody else isn't. We are called to all be ready. We're called to be on our guard, ready, pure, focused, expectant. What if Jesus comes right now? Would you be okay with that? Would you be happy or, or exposed? If he came right now, would you be happy or ashamed? What would you be? What if he came right now? 1 Thessalonians 5, 1-4 warns us as Christians to be ready. And I've read this many, many times. Now, brothers, about times and dates, you do, I do not need to write to you. This is Paul writing. Uh, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly. Suddenly, think of COVID, suddenly, right? As labor pains on a pregnant woman suddenly, right, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. We don't know when Jesus is coming, but we should not be surprised. We should not be in the dark. We should see the signs of what is coming and what is happening. We should not be caught off guard. We better be ready. And if you aren't getting ready now, uh, I don't know what it's going to take to get you ready after what we've all been through. We have to be ready. But so many times we're not because we get distracted. Luke 21, in Luke 21, verse 34, Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. So many times we get distracted by life. The anxieties of life, the worries of life, the just busyness, things that aren't important. You know, we get so focused on them that that all this when Jesus comes again, it's going to come like a trap. Are we ready? Are we reaching our spiritual potential? That's what we. That's our whole goal in life: reaching our spiritual potential for Jesus Christ. We'll do the next. Uh, we'll do. Uh, well, we'll get into. Chapter 17, next time, wait till we see that next, but let's, let's just close up in prayer and wrap up these bowls 6 and 7, okay? How is God speaking to you as a Christian? Maybe you know you're a Christian, but are you ready? If Jesus came right now, would you be excited or ashamed? Would we disappoint him in some way? Have we reached our spiritual potential? Are we ready right now? Are we living 
100% for Jesus Christ. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? How we need to be prepared? What spiritual jobs do we still need to do? What ministry do we still need to do? How is God speaking to us as Christians? And I want to ask this for those, while we're praying about that, for those who are not Christians yet. You're hearing this and you've never put your faith in Jesus. You are completely unprepared. You're not prepared for the Antichrist. You're going to probably take the mark of the beast and, and, and doom yourself to hell. You're not prepared. But you can prepare right now. You can put your faith in Jesus Christ right now. You can act on the love of Jesus Christ right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can believe in Jesus. You can act on his love, how he came and died on a cross in your place. In our place, he died on that cross to pay for our sin. So that we could put our faith in him and be forgiven and have a brand new life in him. Just as he rose from the dead, we can have a brand new life of resurrection power. You can have that right now. The prayer of faith, responding to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The prayer of faith, God, I ask you to forgive me. Everything in my life that I've ever done, ever will do am doing. I ask you to forgive me everything that goes against your word and your will and your purpose for my life. I ask you to forgive me. I'm repenting. I repent and I put my faith in Jesus. His death for me. His resurrection from the dead for me to give me a new life. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life him. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, then God has done something amazing in your life. You no longer have to fear judgment. You no longer have to fear death. You no longer have to fear Satan. You don't have to fear hell. You don't have to fear the world anymore because you now have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You are now a child of God through his son, Jesus Christ. You can come to God anytime for his mercy and grace, forgiveness and strength, anytime. You have a brand new life and you will spend this life forever with God someday through his son, Jesus. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Who can you tell? Commit to telling somebody today. And if you don't have anybody you can tell who's already a Christian, who's been praying for you, who will be excited for you, email me, nhcc at comcast.net, and I will be excited, and I will help you grow, and I will get you help you get connected with the body of Christ. Father, I pray for every person who hears this, that we would be ready through, by being saved, putting our faith in Jesus, and we'd be ready by being sanctified, living for Jesus. Living for Jesus so that we could be excited when he comes back again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Okay. Well, we've covered some real, real, uh, real territory here. I wish I could say it's going to get easier, but it's not because it's actually going to get harder. But chapter 17, woo! Chapters 18, fall of Babylon. Chapter, chapter 19, Jesus comes. It, then it gets great. Jesus comes again. The millennium. Heaven. New heaven, new earth. Hang on, a few more chapters, and we're going to be at, at the, 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 the happy ending. The happy ending. We know the end of the story. All right, we'll see you next time. God bless.